everyone welcome back to concrete pastures i'm your girl nancy Mulemo cc i'm so excited to continue my conversation with Raphael. this is part two this episode is dedicated to all of you amazing fathers out there um, i'm giving you your roses thank you for all you do Thank you for putting in the time to love on your children, to provide nature, to guide. Thank you for being the pillars in your children's lives. I want to wish a happy Heavenly Father's Day to my father who has since passed. I also want to wish a happy Father's Day to someone who has become a father figure in my life. Uh, I've known him for 15 years. I'm just so grateful to have you in mine and my children's lives. Thank you for all you do for the entire family. Happy Father's Day to all of you fathers that tune in and listening and supporting Concrete Pastures. I'm grateful for your encouragement and um, I want to wish a happy Father's Day to all my brothers, to all my in-laws that are married to my sisters. I am not mentioning names. I don't want to forget anybody. To all my friends, happy Father's Day to you guys. Ralph, thank you for being here and happy Father's Day to you. This episode, I mean, is dedicated to all the fathers around the world, and you are one amazing father. I met your daughter you. yesterday. She's so gorgeous and um, humble, kind. Oh my gosh. What does it mean? Before I even go there, actually, it's unpopular now for fathers to uh, it's still unpopular for fathers to be at home taking care of their kids I applaud you for this actually because a lot what, what we hear is the women staying home and taking care of the kids but you are changing you're part of the change of stay at home dad and taking care of you know your daughter how is that? How is that? How do you, how is your day to day look like? And, um, how is your daughter feeling with that? Well, I, I don't know about how she's feeling with that as far as she, <laughs> she gets what she wants. <laughs> I think, um, if you had told me right when I got out of the Navy that I would be a stay at home dad, I think I would have probably pushed you. I'm pushing there like, get out of here. What are you talking about? <laughs> Just, um, yeah. But I think uh, all this, you know, part of this was, you know, if if I hadn't gone through therapy, and I'm still going through therapy, so I wouldn't have been able to be comfortable with myself because I'm still on the journey of finding myself. Yeah. You know, so... Yeah, it's uh, it's it's been a process, been a long process, going from the guy who, at one point in time, was only about himself, going to have four kids, I think, 
want to know who the woman was or who she was going to be. What, what they, what she, does, did she have any dreams? Did she was going to be four kids, big yeah. house, yeah, three cars, one car for me, one car for the wife. Then the wife will have a car where she'll be taking the children in because the children can't be in my car. They can't eat my car. Yeah. That kind of mindset to the mindset of where it's okay to not know it all. Mm. That's where I'm at now. Yeah, I think with my daughter now, uh, the goal has always been to to be transparent with her and show her that you know there's always options. I don't believe in beating. I don't believe in a whole lot of ways that I was raised. Would I? Mm. Um, I'm still going to expose her to the cult, to our culture, to a lot of good stuff. But uh, and I'll still expose her to the bad stuff. It's not like I won't show her who we are and what we are and all that because I believe in the good, the bad and the ugly you have to it's, our history is not golden it's not really about showing our golden stuff it's part of being humans yeah like I was telling someone the other day my daughter was yelling at me and for some reason I I read an article recently and it was somebody from Southern Africa that wrote the article that a friend sent to, to a group of us who grew up without having fathers or who for some reason don't have fathers right now. Yeah. And after reading that article, I adopted some of the approaches from the article and I looked at my daughter yelling and sometimes I get frustrated. But instead of just going with the frustration, I took a deep breath and held her. And it's like, when I took that deep breath, we're on the street. And in taking that deep breath, like the whole world vanished around me and mm. her. And when I reached out to her, I said, can you tell me in your words why you are frustrated at this moment? What is making you fr- frustrated? If you can tell, can you tell me? And I pulled that towards me. And she rested her, her head on my on my on my lap, mm. and she seemed to just relax after that. And sometimes that's all they need. Yeah. Some days it, they might just have a tirade. They're, they're little human beings. They, it's the, yeah. no, they have to beautiful. give out emotions and all that. But in doing that, it was like I was not just only reaching out to her; I was also reaching out to myself. Mm. It's like I have to come to realization that I am also learning with her. Yeah. I have been... The moment we we decided uh, we're going to have a, a kid and I, I became okay with having a child, I always knew that there would be a lot of learning to come. Mm. There will be a lot of learning in this uh, journey. But... I always took it like it would be learning with my partner. Mm. But sometimes I still struggle to with the, the part of me that has been wired to where the dad must have all the answers. And being a stay-at-home dad, you know, sometimes it's like, yeah, my wife is more skilled 
than me with some things that I call the German efficiency. She's from Germany, and you yeah. know, like when it comes to putting an IKEA, they're, they're more used to doing stuff like that. They love IKEA. They love them. Europeans love yeah. them IKEA stuff. Yeah. They're fast. They're like she's fast with that stuff. Like I'm like, wow. paper ten times, turn it upside down. Turn it I can never put that thing together. She needs to teach me some of her skills. Most of the apartments don't come with you know, they don't come with cabinets and all the stuff that we have here. So like they they literally buy it and put together so I'm like oh, oh wow. it makes sense it makes mm. sense you know but if you now are dating a woman like that and then your mindset is I must compete with you I must show you I'm the man I must show you because I'm an African man I'm, a, I'm the head of the house yeah I won't let you do what you are good at just because I'm the man yeah even though I'm not as fast as you even though it's not my strong point, yeah. but just because I'm a man, mm-hmm. I'm going to be struggling. I'll be sweating, struggling, sweating, struggling. Meanwhile, all that time I'm wasting on this, I could have used it to cook. You have no idea how happy nice. you're making me feel right now because no. there's a lot of men that have that, they don't let the woman be great at what they're supposed to be great at. Yeah, but and it would take, it would take me also, some time great at what something else exactly the woman is not great at it, would, it, it didn't come to me from day one I have yeah. to be honest but it would take me a minute to, to get there because you know during the pregnancy you no, know, we had a miscarriage before Clara came and oh, I think that, that. that also played a role thank you mm. I think that also played a role because there's a lot of things I learned I didn't know you know when I see men talking today about and you know, I would just remember a lot of people are small people talking about oh uh, uh, like this abortion talk and all this I'm like we don't know there's a lot of things we don't even know when it comes to women's bodies yeah I'm, I'm still not qualified to talk about that yeah I'm not qualified and that's why I say we don't have it's not our business yeah but no, when thank you for saying that I was sitting down in front of the gynecologist and he was explaining how the body can reject the pregnancy and it's like the body can actually can literally abort a baby and I was like oh uh, then I, but it's not like I'm against abortions yeah. but I'm like oh I, my, I said feeling emotional in a way that I can explain yeah and by the time we'll now become uh, the, the, the pregnancy will now come I saw the toll was taking my, my woman's body and I, she still liked to do some things. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. I got it, I got it, I got it. I want to, like, run, and, like, I'm being yeah. helpful. Yeah. And the doctor is like, uh, just because she's pregnant doesn't mean she can't lift stuff. She can't handle some stuff. Yeah. And it will not take me back to my days in the Navy when one of my shipmates was pregnant and they sent her to come work in my warehouse where I was supervisor. And... I tried to do oh, what I thought I was being a good guy, you know. You're pregnant, you're pregnant. Don't lift that box. I have it. I have it. I have it. I'll carry the box for you. Yeah. Oh, carry only the light stuff and go deliver. And she was yeah. always angry. Like you, I won't let her do anything. I can't let her lift any box. I'm like, no, 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 no. I want to. I don't want you to lose your pregnancy under my watch. Uh, I got you. I got you. I got you. I got you. Oh, yeah. you, you carry, carry that thing for her. You do this. Do this. She said like, it's not heavy. I can. I got it. But. They need to feel busy. If she, if that's what she drives on that, that's what I, I never, I, I once called her and said, what are you comfortable with now ah. that you're in this state? 
I just assume because you are pregnant, yeah, you can't do anything. Yeah. Because I'm a man, I already assume for you. Mm-hmm. Oh so I was goodness. doing the same thing to my own partner years later until the doctor said, it's okay, I know you're, you're anxious, you're worried, but she got it. You can take a step back. If she yeah. needs your help, she'll let you know. Yeah. She, she, she can talk. It's okay. And I think sometimes, even with my daughter, there are times I, that protective, protective spirit tries to jump in. Yeah. And like my, 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 my missus already, she, she grew up on a different culture and she's okay. We'll give my, my, my daughter a scissors to cut paper. A few months ago, I saw my daughter cutting the, the, the artwork with, with scissors and I, hey! I was running just that shouting alone could have distracted her and she could have cut her finger there I didn't yes. even think about that mm-hmm. but she was doing a good job cutting before I started freaking out but the mom already trusted her and showed her how to cut and actually bought the right scissors for kids to cut with they have the scissors for yeah. cutting yep. and I did not think about these things that I tell adults how technology has provided solutions to a lot of things today why would technology not provide solutions for kids? And I'm like, but I'm freaking out. Like, hey, I need to protect. I need to have all the answers. No, I don't. Yeah. I don't have all the answers. And it's okay. If I don't have an answer, I can ask. Sometimes it's okay for the answer to come from the mother. And it's okay if both of us don't have the answers. We can reach out to you. We can reach out to mm. uh, my wife, my, my, some of my sisters in New York City, who are some of my good friends are called sisters. Yeah. I have bodies. And I, sometimes it, it, it's, there's nothing wrong with asking, you know? Oh, so I, yeah. I think it just because I'm a stay at home dad doesn't mean I have all the answers. It doesn't mean I will have all the answers. But it's part of the journey. And therapy has helped me with that and it continues to help me and yeah so I, I, I'm glad that I'm taking the steps that I'm taking because for, for, for some time well for a long time when I began to be a stay at home period I didn't tell anybody you know I, I was just I'm a consultant I won't tell, tell you that I'm, yeah. I put stay at home at the end I won't say stay at home at the beginning yeah but now I'm, I'm fine saying stay at home at the beginning yeah. Uncomfortable, and if you think anything, if you think about that, that's on you. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's on you. I'm, I'm fine with that. And I've had men reach out to me, even African men, saying, "Oh, I wish, I wish, I wish I could do what you. I wish, I wish I was stay at home because I don't see my child because I, I go, I work, I, I, and they have great jobs. So not people with these people with great careers or careers that some of us envy. And they're like, I I don't see my child. By the time it's like, before I know it, my child is already five years. My child is already at five years. I'm like, wait, wait, the time pass. No, my child's like, I, I don't see you. I wish you, you know, I don't, I wish you don't go to work. I wish you don't go to the office. When the child starts saying some stuff, like it hurts the parents. But yeah, no, it's know. a struggle. I have that guilt as well. So I, I'm, I'm happy to hear also that men do have the, the guilt as well, that they wake a lot. They're not able to. Yeah. I'm a single mother and I constantly have the guilt of today I'm home with my daughter. You met yeah. her. And the, the thing is, I was. I'm happy that we are here after this interview. We're going to go to the movies. We're going to spend time together because I miss these times a lot of the times. They give me so much. 
to do the podcast, to go to work. The podcast, you know, doesn't end just from the interview. You also yeah, have yeah, to... That, that's the only one part. That's yeah, just one part of it. There's so much <laughs> that is incorporated into the podcast yeah. and I have to continue to do the work. And also thinking of what's next? What am I going to do next? What's this? But they give me that time. And then in them giving me that, my the guilt... <laughs> Uh, and I'm like, that, okay. That's, that, that's that's a big part of it. And so I can definitely relate yeah. to the fathers that are reaching out to you. And um, I wanted really to get that perspective. As immigrants, we don't get the support like back home. How uh, do you have a community? Do you have a village that, you know, is helping you with navigating this parenting thing for you? Uh, that's a great question. Um, one of my previous guests who I might introduce you, I should introduce you to her too. She said, because she's from the LGBTQ community, but she's not popular in that community for different reasons. Yeah. She said, if, if people don't, uh, if you, let see, I'm paraphrasing, but if your family, if your village doesn't accept you, build, you can be, always build your own village. Uh-huh. I kind of miss my crew, I miss some of my, you know, people back home, but I know what we used to joke about. I know what we used to talk about. And sometimes I try to like have that reconnection. Yeah. And it's like a lot of people never grew up. It's like they never evolved. Mm. And I'm like, okay, we can have the same jokes for like after five minutes, ten minutes, the conversation feels stale. Well, I can't. I can't sustain a conversation with you past ten minutes. It's like I'm forcing a conversation to come out. Ah. So I don't know. It's it's tough. Or you say, "Hey, brother." So you remember that? You know, I remember that, uh, one time I gave you a cup of water when you were thirsty. And so when are you going? When are you going to pay me back? I'm like, what? I, you want me to start listening to the times I helped you too? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's not like I was the, you were the only one helping you. When I paid for your girlfriend's abortion, did you, did that count or what? But uh, even the ones that owe me money too, you know, not, not like, oh, but it doesn't count anymore because you're in America. So, so I just like, yeah, I could either be struggling to build that community, you know, to force that community to be in existence or I start building a new community. Yeah. A new village. Like, I'm now I'm a member of the Paxlow parents. And not all the parents live in Paxlow. Majority, majority of them don't even live in Paxlow. Some used to live yeah. in Paxlow. They moved to other parts of Brooklyn. Some moved to New Jersey. But, like, I'm more active in the Black, Caribbean, and African parents group. Nice. And a bunch of us have been meeting quite consistently on the weekends. And mm. our kids are getting to know each other because it's good for the kids to see other kids that look like of them. Course, so of course. So with a prospect pack. And yeah, they're quite nice parents. And also there's a networking thing that builds up from there. Like, hey, this one works here. Of so course. To buy an apartment. So also buy a house. Because also, not everybody needs to buy a big house. Not everybody needs to... Like, you know, I, I interviewed um, a gentleman from Uganda. I had to check on him because he, he was big in the crypto world. So I hope he's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I hope it's okay, but uh, but he was like one of the first African immigrants that I, I chatted with who was like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not crazy about buying a house. Why is that a sin? 
and that's another like even many of my my Africans who I connected, who I, who I got to know from my time in the Navy, living in Virginia area. That's like one reason why they consider me mad for moving to New York. They were like, why are you move where you can't buy a house? Yeah. And I'm like, what if I wanted to live in an apartment? What if I wanted, what if my dream was not to live in a house? What if my dream was to live in a townhouse? What if my dream was, you no, know, my dream can't be your dream. Exactly. I know most of us, our dream was to the American dream that we saw on TV, but the American dream on TV that we saw for coming here was a white family, a white man, white woman, four kids, picket fence. They're, where do the people who look like us? None yeah. of them look like yeah. us in that dream. So, yeah. yeah, you can go make up your own dream. That's the point. Make your American dream yours. Yeah. And and so uh, the, the the lesbian woman I referenced, she lives, she owns a ranch in Texas where you can come rent one of the buildings on the ranch for your vacation. That's an American dream. So if yours wants to be, you own three apartments, put one out for Airbnb, that can be your dream. Everybody's dream shouldn't be the same. Yeah, and no, for sure. That, that's how uh, I, I started changing my Like, yeah, I, I, I think I'm okay in a big city. I'm fine in a big city. And yes, yeah, more expensive, but I, I have more peace of mind here. Yeah, There's more opportunities I also, I think. There's more well, opportunities. I think it depends on what you are doing. Um, yeah, um, right. our, one of our Cameroonian sister in Houston, she's into marketing. Yeah, there's more opportunities for her business here in the big city, but she's... She has a lot of opportunities too in the Houston area for her for her job too. So I think you can make wherever you are, you can find it, whatever you, yeah. you can create your niche wherever you are. But I don't try to discourage people from whatever uh, markets that they're in. But yeah. I just say what well, you, you can you can you can have a village wherever you are. And for me, I don't want my village to be only people from my tribe. Um, my tribe in Nigeria because my tribe in Nigeria funny enough if you go to our villages there's always Ghanaians there I don't know when it started I don't know how but we've always had something with Ghana, with Ghana. So, so that's why it's not a surprise that my grandfather died in Ghana and his wives out of the 10 wives that he had almost half of them were Ghanaian that's why he died early how are you going to maintain 10 wives? You 10 die. wives? Oh, God. Yeah. He died. He was, he was 55. And here's he me. Well, I was surprised by my grandmother's um, neighbor who had eight. I was just like, yeah. how eight. do you manage eight? Eight. Yeah, that, man, that man was just starting. He was eight. <laughs> eight. In Nigeria, in Nigeria, we say he's letting walk. He's letting walk. Oh. He's just learning. <laughs> I know somebody who had more than 50. I don't know. <laughs> how do you manage? Well, he had money. One children. Yes, the people who have more than one wife they always have money. But I'm talking about just as a human being, how do you manage? Like one day for the uh, every woman for I guess for one day, one day yeah. of the week. Well, let, let me tell you one, one let me tell you one scam that came close to playing once in Nigeria. One of those men who had unlimited number of wives. One time my crew, we always used to make this joke, like, you know what, we should try and go to one of those guys' houses. And then when the guy would see us, he'd be like, who are you? Like, ah, daddy, you don't know us. They're your sons. Your sons from wife number, number, number which one? Number, number 25. Yeah, 20. Ah, what's your name? Oh, we'll just call you. Thomas. Thomas. Oh, what do you That's want? That's a good one. It's, it's, time, it's time for school fees. School fees. You look too old to be in university. Ah, daddy, you know now it's time for university. You say we should only show up when it's time for university. We are here now. 
How he, like you know, one of the richest men in Nigeria before he, before he got into trouble, he used to say an African chief never counts his children. I'm like, you set yourself up. <laughs> you just show up and get our money from you. Get our money from you. But we never. Oh, had the, that, we never that, had the that, that, I mean, I, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with that. You know, <laughs> trick. I, I think uh, it's a good one. Like, uh, why would we, you be having wives and then, you know, how do you count your children? Uh, but what fun things do you do with your daughter? Ooh, yeah. Um, well, if, if if you're not counting them, going to the playground, meeting up with the other kids from the other families, going to the comic book store. Yeah, she goes to the comic book She's store. She's into she can, comics as well. Oh. You got her into it? Well, the comic book store has books and comics for kids. Yeah. Um, we watch movies together. Like well, before, she could even talk. We, we used to watch uh, into the Spider Verse, so she can name all the Spider people. She can tell you the different spiders. She can tell you the Peter Parker, that's Miles Morales, that's Spider Gwen. She she can tell you who's who. She can name Loki. She can uh, she she she's uh, Captain Marvel. She she names. Even though now she's like, oh, that's big people's. That's Papa Moa superhero movie. I don't watch it anymore. I want to watch my movie. Yeah. So I'm I'm proud of that because I'm not a DC fan. I'm a Marvel comics fan. So I'm like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's something. But I think more importantly for me is the fact that she comes to volunteering events with me and she has a good time um, mm. stealing the show. So on Saturdays, we always had a butterfly garden. Well, most Saturdays, not every Saturday, but most Saturdays, when the weather is nice, if I'm not recording the podcast, you can find us at the butterfly garden. And We're in Prospect Park? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So she's like the most popular volunteer there because all the volunteers give her toys and she does like we bought her a little gardening tool kit. So she just planted strawberries this last weekend. Oh, and cool. That's really if you, cool. If you show up, uh, she will give you a tour of the garden and then run to her toys. And then, what she will give you a thought the most definitely. But I like, uh, you know, when she's hanging out with her mom, then she has to go get, go to the coffee shop and order her, her juice, whatever. Pretend like she's drinking coffee with her mom, but though she tells you coffee is for adults. Just uh, sometimes, just walking around, just even even if we just go for a walk. Yeah. Because uh, sometimes it's 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 just the most simple things. Like she's a true Brooklyn night because she's used to walking a lot. That's why when you gave us a ride, she was like, oh, why, are we, why, are we, why are we entering a car? She it, but yeah, she's more used to walking now because of the pandemic. But, yeah, uh, no, I, I love walking as well. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it's healthy, it's good, you're hmm? breathing. I'm driving now, I've gained like 10 pounds from driving. I, I didn't drive for a very long time until I went through my separation. Yeah. I walked almost everywhere. But since my kids are everywhere, between work, picking up kids so I was just like okay I can't manage with the walking and the bus or a cab it's just too much since your father not being in your in your life as you mentioned yes. how has that affected your fatherhood like uh, how do you how, how has that affected being a father to your daughter that's a great question my dad not being in my life made me it affected me in that at first I think that was the inspiration for me wanting to have multiple kids and then later on it was like nah I don't need to bring kids into this world but mm. I don't see any reason to want to bring kids and then you know after 
I started getting after I started embracing therapy, and because I've been in depression for for a while, and I didn't need to be. Uh, I, it was more fear mm. of like, was I going to repeat history if I brought a child into this world? Would I end up bringing pain to this child like the way I I, I was in pain because. You know, being a being a male, you, you you it's hard for you to admit that you were in pain. Yeah, it's yeah. a form of trauma. When especially when when you, you got to live at one point in time in the same city that your dad had his business headquarters yeah. in, and you could see one of his biggest establishments that was like a big, uh, that was like a hallmark of the city, and yeah. you know you knew a few people that knew your dad but did not know that you were his son. And they'll be talking about your dad, and you're there just listening to them. Like, man, this guy's a great guy, and all this, this. And yeah. Even, even when he passed away, there were things that my mom hid from me, and she didn't even tell me that he had passed away. It was one year after he died that I was told that he had, died. and it was more like, oh, you didn't know? Oh, he died. I thought you knew. I thought I told you. I was like, oh, okay. So I googled it, and I saw that he had passed away, and they were like big praises for him, he's a Pan-Africanist, he traveled around the world, connecting black diaspora to Africa, sponsoring them on trips to Nigeria yeah. and all that. So it was a big deal. It was a big deal. And my mom was like, oh, are you going to go pay respect to his family? I'm like, how is that supposed to work? Because nah, no, I know, I don't know how you. these things work. Like, they probably have heard of me. They could, yeah. Because I know have heard of there have been some some rich people there have been stories of you know after the person dies one of their kids shows up but I've heard that I'm not the only kid that he has yeah. out there of course and then when the, the person passes away then you now show up the first thing on your mind is oh he's not coming to claim property yeah I'm like yeah it don't set me up like that yeah. but I wish you told me a lot of things that you're not telling me right mm. now you should you could have told me all this when i had questions there's a time i tried to connect with him when i was 17 years old and i wrote a letter to him the same uncle who was like oh i'm taking care of you i'm, I'm yeah giving roof he read the letter and said this is great I'm, i'll take it to him mm. now he claims i never wrote that letter so but he read it and said i took it to him he said, my dad asked to talk to my mom. The story changed after his death. And I'm like, how would you... I don't know what your conscience is telling, but I don't know how you feel about doing that to somebody. Yeah. So I just like, okay, if you feel good about that, that's I, I, that's not the kind of thing I want to put my child through. Mm. So I think all that inspired me in a way to say, my relationship with my daughter will never be like that. If tomorrow anything happens that myself and her mother are no longer together, yeah, I'm never going to use her mother. I'm never going to use that use her mother as a, a weapon to uh, uh, punish her. Yeah, I'm never going to punish my daughter through her mother. Hmm. It's never. It, 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 no, yeah, we don't have to be together forever. It's one thing I've told uh, my yeah. partner. Like, yeah, just I love you. But I don't believe relationships have to be forever. We can grow out of it. Yeah. But I will still love you. 
I will still love you and life goes on. But yeah, no, I've heard you actually say that on the uh, on some of your conversations with your guests. I've heard that it's it's refreshing because a lot of us go into the relationships and we're like we hold on to each other whether things are bad or good, sometimes even toxic. Just like <laughs> I want to stay for my kids, I want to stay for this person. Yeah. And there's, I mean, there's so many reasons why people stay, but you don't really necessarily have to. You don't have to. That's right. Yeah. Okay. The, the, we, we, we mustn't we mustn't trap we mustn't feel like we must hold it's the end of the world no yeah and yeah so the goal is not to put that burden on my daughter it's never to put a burden on my daughter I want my daughter to be free I want my daughter to enjoy the world and I call her a daughter now but if tomorrow she turns out to be a trans because I've had somebody ask me that I still yeah I still love, I already love her today. Doesn't mean I will stop yeah. loving her tomorrow. Hell no. If it turns yeah. out to be a trans and transitions, I'm still loving that person. Yeah. So I love my kid. Yeah. I will love oh. my kid always, 24 7. That's beautiful. That That's is beautiful. Yeah, I, she, I, and it shows. She, I she's show the you biggest guys. troll. She's the biggest troll that I know. But she, <laughs> I, I, she got the trolling from me. That mother now. Her mama doesn't troll. Her mama can't troll me good. So. Yeah, mama's staring at me now, but uh, I can't say too much now. Mama's staring at me. So let me even watch my mouth. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Listen, beautiful. I, I I watched you and your daughter yesterday. She's just an angel. So between being a vet, a podcaster, being a dad, being a husband, where do you get the time to do all of these things? Like, how is your time management? Because I know not a lot of men can multitask. Uh, just throwing well, some shade out there. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I disagree with that because you know why? You can, when, you have an excuse. When, military? When, no, 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 no. That, military is not even. That's not even it. Way before the internet, you know how many men been having secret families on the side. We been multitasking. multitasking before multitasking. Oh, but trust me, the, the women find out all the time. Yeah, yeah. And there was a baby, baby. You know, I love you more than I love that one. Exactly. You know, you, you're the one I love the most. Mm. I know a lot of men listening to this. Like, who is this guy? This guy. <laughs> trouble. Trouble. Look, if you are mad at me. Just first make a donation, then uh, write your your angry letter, <laughs> then we will talk. But it depends on how much you donate to my podcast. Then you know, that's how you know I'm a, I'm a real capitalist. But uh, yeah, uh, funny time is that's a uh, that's a good question. Sometimes if I, like right now, I haven't released an episode for um, the past two weeks. Yeah, I, that, that's why I messed up when Josh told me that I should have I should I should have started with a team. That, that's a, that's one advice I can give to aspiring podcasters. Man, if you get a team before you start, get oh, a I team. have one <laughs> because it, it will bite you if you don't have a team. It will bite. It will bite you. It's not like I don't have the ideas. I don't have the episodes. Yeah, but sometimes you just need. You're, you're, like we say in Nigeria, but you know the firewood. Yeah. It, it, yeah, and now I'm at the point where if I'm if I just need a break, I take a break. Yeah. You know, my 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 fans know that I preach that, and I don't. I don't. If, if my favorite podcasters that are more than myself, after the black guy who tips, that's what they do. They just take a break when they need a break. Yeah. I don't subscribe to. Oh, I must announce. Um, I must walk myself today because I saw my mom do it for what? 
for who? The people that she did it for us, walk, 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 walk. I know how many people, I know love Nigerians right now. They built mansion in, in the village. The mansion, they will never, they will live, they've probably spent in total only one month of their lives in. They walk, 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 say hustle, 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 hustle. What is, they don't know what vacations. Yeah. They don't, their body doesn't know rest. And before you know it, by the time they're supposed to rest, they just died. And they'll say, oh, now village people kill them. Village people kill them. Which village people kill you? Oh, it's witchy. Of course, it's always witches that kill them. Witch, witchcraft, witch, witch. So, sometimes you, you might... You just did, and when I say rest, it doesn't mean you have to just. Um, it's only limited to traveling and working. Sometimes it's just you might just take a thirty minutes walk. You might just, you know, and sometimes it might just be following my kid, calling my kid, come on, let's walk the dog. Yeah, that might be the break that you need. And yeah. sometimes ideas might even come that way, but it's just sometimes a lot of break, just a lot of break. Sometimes it might mean going to bed thirty minutes earlier. But like I say, it's always in the little details, and sometimes it's the it's the smallest things that it takes. So, yeah, there's nothing big to it. There's nothing. I don't have any big fancy thing to to what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, next year I will have a team in place. I hope one day I can have a co-host who will help me improve and get better i mean i'm, I'm always improving because i'm an evolving podcast of course so of course. yeah i was thinking I, w- I would have started another podcast even with a good friend but he's also a dad a girl dad but yeah that one is mr procrastinator well that's why i can't trust a, a liverpool fan but uh, i'm taking shots at him for no reason but i'm telling <laughs> to listen to this podcast <laughs> so Raphael, from everything else that you've experienced here in in america as an immigrant at this point in your life, do you feel you've found your concrete pastures? Oh, I would say, yeah, yeah, I'm on, I'm on my way there. I would say I found it. I don't know if I found it, but I would say I'm close to it. I found it. I, if that one is correct. I don't think it's a wrong answer. But, There's uh, no right or wrong. Yeah. If you're not there because, yet, I'm not there. I'm working towards it. Those are the responses I get. Yeah. Because I, 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 um, I've always loved Brooklyn. It's, I've been to a few cities around the world. I've been to a few, uh, couple, a few continents, and I really love the Middle East. I love the Middle East, and being a, a man, being an American passport holder, Middle East was like heaven for me. It was heaven for me. I'm not gonna lie. And before I met Verena, I was literally planning that once I graduated. That was it. Mm. Yeah, heading back to the Middle East. My target was Qatar for the World Cup. I knew there was going to be, you know, there be opportunities for me there. But sometimes I also wonder because if I had taken that opportunity, I would never have embraced mental health. So a lot of my diagnosis that I have with my disabilities from the Navy, I would never have figured that out. Or I don't know. But. Mm. I would have been very miserable. The anger issues would have been increasing. Yeah. And I would have been wondering why I was, you know, getting angry and angry and angry. But all these things build up. Then what would I have led to? Probably suicide. Hmm. So 
as much as I would have loved Middle East, and Middle East men would have meant I'm not. I'm, I wasn't going to settle down with anybody. It was just maybe, so. If any woman, or if any woman would have tried to like, hey, let's settle down, I probably would have broken your heart. So, yeah, as much as I love the Middle East, Brooklyn is still like my favorite because I eat food from everywhere here. I have a very diverse group of friends. Yeah. Even though a lot of them still backstab me when it comes to their love of football or support the wrong teams. Oh my God, this deep about... I forgive them. All the I African men, man, man. And the I forgive European them. Man yeah. with them. They'll be following colonizer All teams. All of you guys are just... Oh. They're following colonizer teams, but it's okay. But yeah, I just love, like, even... I remember, like, in one of my, my Marvel movies, when I was in the Middle East, I didn't realize that they caught a scene from Thor that towards the end, Thor and Jane kissed. I didn't even realize that until... I bought the Blu-ray and I was watching it. Mm. And I was like, oh, they, I was in the theater watching this. I didn't realize that they cut it. So there were some little things like that I, I probably would have missed out on just because I was living in one of these countries. So I'm glad I, 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 so I think Brooklyn fits me, suits me. There are people who have said, yeah, they were seeing things about you that changed. The way, you, the way you talk about things, it seems like you're more freer, you're more open. Yeah. And you're no longer... So for some, it's problematic to them because I am no longer. It feels like I came out of a shell that was holding me back. So it's right. like I was no longer as reserved as I once used to be. I'm like, yeah, I don't give a damn. So this, so if you want to be homophobic around me, I'm, I'm just lash you and say that's wrong. Like lash, you. I will just tell you that it's wrong. And if you want to keep going, then I'll tell you like, yeah, bro, that's wrong, wrong, wrong. And if you don't like it, then go and cry in the bucket. So I can't think. Uh, yeah, not many people like to hear that anymore. But uh, yeah, so this is my home. This is my daughter's home. This is my wife's home. Germany is a close second. I'd expect where my in-laws live. Yeah. It's like my quiet area. I don't have to ride a bicycle. That's really downside to it because um, all of them, everybody in Europe seems to ride a bicycle there. So I might have to learn how to ride a bicycle eventually. Yeah. It's not that bad. I learned when I was older, but yes. Oh, you learned when you were older? Okay. There's hope hope for me then. Yeah, remember. Poor beginnings. So no toys, no bicycles, no nothing. Hey, hey. But when we were able to afford a bicycle, and I was learning around and around every day. And like within two weeks. I I put it this way, you know, I've overcome a lot of things. If you fall in New York... It's tougher to get up, but you know, in, in, in my in lost part of Germany, it's flat land, there's a lot of grass there. Mm. So, if I fall there, the grass is like cushion. And my in laws got good food, and it's nice. They don't know what to give me to make me get up because so, <laughs> if I fall there, I'm like, oh, oh, I'm like a baby. They're, oh, they're just okay. Like, if I fall, no, they're like, hey, man, get up, get, get up. People, people trying to move, nobody gonna pity me here in New York. So, oh, God. <laughs> It's best to go learn in Germany. Ralph, thank you for inspiring us with your story. Thank you for sharing your journey with us. Your journey had so many teachable moments in there. 
For anybody um, interested, probably thinking, contemplating to join the army, feel free to reach out to Raphael. Experience is the best teacher. He's been there, done that. He'll be able to point you in the right direction. And if anything resonated with you, with his story, like it did for me, again, feel free to reach out to him as well. They show him some love on all his platforms. He is on Facebook, Instagram, both platform called White Label American. And he has a website called whitelabelamerican.com. He's a podcaster. I want to remind you once again, he is the host of White Label American. Let's show him some love. Reach out to him. Let him know. Leave me a review. Leave us a review. Listen to the podcast on White Label American as well. Let's show him some love overall. I want to share a quote that I ran into. The quality of a father can be seen in the goals, dreams, and aspirations he sets not only for himself, but for his family. This is coming from Reed Markham. Happy Father's Day, everybody. Thank you again for tuning in today. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to the podcast wherever you get yours. Share it with your family and friends. Tag me on your social media. I have Facebook, I have Instagram, whichever one that you use. I would also love to hear from you. Leave me a review. And if there's a topic you have in mind that you'd love for me to cover, let me know as well. Look out for new episodes every week on Mondays. And I truly appreciate you being part of the community and supporting the community. Until next time, keep dreaming. Yeah.